This week's guide in Dan Takiyama documentation, Mental Anguish, Stacking Your Azure Higher Than Ever, and How SharePoint 2013 Workflow Manager Can Improve Your Complexion. I'm not sure what any of that means, but I'm only paid to read the intro card. Wait, you're not going to go see Zoolander 2? Valentine's Day weekend? Nope. Nope. That one is not on the list. Is that not in the uh, WAF? Uh, no, that is not in the Scott. What's this? What's yeah? Wait, no. What's the Scott? Uh, the Scott approval list? Yeah. No. Zoolander? No. Not going to happen. Dead. Concentrate. Say it with me. Deadpool. Uh, okay. Yep, 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 yep. So, uh, did you get a chance to go download your copy of the Azure Stack platform? <laughs> uh, no, because I don't have any hardware that can run it. Really? Uh, really? Yeah. What would I run it on? Uh, I mean, you could uh, you could boot camp that little Mac Mini you've got, right? Nope, doesn't have thirty two gigs of RAM. Hmm. Is that really mm. a hardware requirement? Uh, well, you know, if you look at the recommended requirements, the lowest you're supposed to go is 96 gigs. So, uh, you, you, you can make it run on 32 if you play around with the Ram requirements of the individual VMs that make it up and some of the cores and things like that. And, uh, you know, mucking with the virtual CPUs that get assigned to things and whatever, but yeah, 32 is about the bare minimum you're looking at. I'm going to guess that little Mac mini doesn't have a uh, certified for Windows Server 2012 R2 hardware logo certification sticker on it, does it? Uh, well, no, but it would have to be certified for Windows Server 2016 TP4. Totally different. Ah, yes, yes. I'm talking about the technical POC rather than the actual release they put out. Uh, yeah, no, you should be talking about the one that they put out. Because they did put it out. Uh, like so, when you when you say, "Did you try the technical preview of Azure Stack?" I think, uh, yeah, you know, there actually is this technical preview of Azure Stack, and uh, it's really nifty because they did it right. They put it out there. It has mm, mm, documentation, which is really kind of nifty and neat, and. Uh, it very much explains all the requirements and things that need to go into it. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's all hanging out there and ready to go, which is always nice to see. Well, <clears throat> I guess I will uh, go give that a whirl this weekend on the hardware that I don't have. So, Yeah, you know, it's funny. I had somebody reach out and, and say, uh, hey, do you want to come into uh, you know a user group and give a talk on this? I was like, well... Uh, yeah, not a problem at all. Uh, you know, we can definitely do that. And they said, well, uh, you know, are you going to be able to demo it? And then we went down this path of, uh, no, but if you can give me a server with 128 gigs of RAM, then I will be all over that. And I'm still waiting to hear back if they can actually make that happen for me, because if they could, that would be excellent. Yeah, I think if somebody walked in and said, hey, Dan, here's a completely loaded server rack. Uh, every machine has 16 physical cores and 128 gigs of RAM. Um, 
yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it would be pretty fun. Um, yeah, uh, you, you know, again, if you want to deploy it, they've got all sorts of documentation and things like that going on. So it is purely a POC at the moment, right? Just uh, let's play around with it and see what's happening. It actually has some interesting requirements too. I don't know. If, have you read through any of the requirements or anything like that for it? Uh, just the article that came back out December 21st um, in the server cloud blog. Uh, yeah, no, this article came out. When did this article come out? Mm, Azure stack. Hold on. Let me see. This one came out on January 26, 2016. So there's uh, actually one that's newer than that. January 29th, 2016. Uh, yeah. So that's the one that spells out the actual like release and stuff. So basically they said, we're going to release it. And then they did release it. Uh, which was really nice, right? So it's, like I said, it's got some requirements. Uh, Windows Server 2016 Data Center Edition, Technical Preview 4, with all, all of the latest updates installed, including KB312-4262, uh, because that is very important. Uh, you know, it, it's doing some telemetry stuff, so you got to have that. Uh, it actually has a dependency on Microsoft Azure Active Directory. I don't know if you saw that or not. Uh, but it, it's kind of ebbed and flowed. So, uh, you know, back in the old, uh, let's deploy, uh, you know, pre-Azure uh, stack when we had Azure Pack, uh, that, that really didn't have this dependency on the cloud. And Azure Stack, as of right now, uh, does have this kind of hybrid by default dependency where your kind of primary service principle that's running everything has to be an account that exists in Azure Active Directory. So you'll have to spin up a tenant to be able to make that get through and, and do all its things. And then uh, the requirements actually aren't that too bad. You know, if you're thinking about, uh, you know, having an extra uh, 4U server laying around. So you can get by at a minimum with uh, only 12 physical cores and 96 gigs of RAM. Uh, but, you know, it's recommended to have 16 and, and 128. Yeah, um, it is so mildly funny. You you mentioned that uh, KB article three one two four uh, four two six two. Um, if you go to that, it directs you to the Microsoft Update Catalog, where you can download redistributables directly from Microsoft. And the certificate seems to be bad. <laughs> seems to be a self signed Microsoft certificate. What's up with that? Yeah, catalog that date the microsoft.com yeah i don't want to go back to safety i would like to go to the unsafe one thank you for visiting the catalog and you were on a mac so we're not going to show you anything awesome yeah. but uh yeah you're right it does spell things out um, my biggest laugh in all of this is where it says ipv4 is supported you cannot create ipv6 networks uh well yeah you with good, can't, with good reason mm, you can't do that in Azure public, right? So it's not going to be in the stack kind of thing. Uh, but it's all sitting there and, and it's got a couple of the core services. You can actually do uh, ARM templates for IaaS, which is pretty cool. So you can use the same template uh, for the most part uh, on-prem and in the cloud and seamless. And they've kind of got that management layer and everything built out and ready to go. So uh, very exciting to see all this stuff finally coming to fruition and kind of hopping into the forefront. Yeah, I mean, it's I like the fact that you can go out to GitHub and grab some of the templates that are used there. And like you said, deploy your infrastructure as code. So good times. Hopefully everybody's been doing that already. 
I mean, ever since Todd Clint showed us the way of PowerShell as a developer. Mm, yes, developers. Gotta love them. True, true. Um, other, uh, just going to go sideways on these notes. Don't, don't um, go sideways. Go in, go in order because there's follow-up. There's follow-up. Mm. Yeah, you got to read the notes. All right, so we're not going to cover the questions just yet. Um, but, yeah, the follow-up from last week, uh, get ready for Yammer. Um, so I know over the past couple of weeks, there's been kind of the whole push of people talking about, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, there's this great ability to have the same identity for Yammer as uh, we had for your Office 365 tenant. And then they said, you know what, um, we're going to let you enforce that last November where, you know, you could basically lock anybody out. Um, and then recently they said, you know what, we're even going to make it easier. We're going to reduce the tooling, um, so that it's all one set of tooling. And then to make it even better, uh, they said, we're going to let you manage your Yammer stuff through the same licensing, uh, management tools that exist for office 365. We're going to let you use Yammer in the same way. And we all went, Oh my gosh, this thing's becoming real. Uh, so this week they published a blog article on Groundhog's day and pretty much said, you know what? Uh, Yammer is the real deal. Um, it's covered by office 365, uh, trust center. So if you know what that is, then you are probably, listening to what Microsoft's talking about because they talk about it a lot. Yeah, well, um, let's be fair. It's not covered by the Trust Center. It, it finally meets the compliance requirements, right, where it can actually be published as, uh, what is it? It's into, which category is it in now? Because it's all in-house and kind of ready to go. And uh, it actually meets all, like, the new ISO standards and everything, right, like 27,001. So it, does it actually move over in category? Like, it was, like, a category A app or something like that. Does it move over to, like, B or C? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I don't think they actually tell us. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm asking the wrong questions again, aren't I? You are. But, no, I mean, Microsoft, uh, at least... From the perspective of everyone saying, you know, Yammer is part of Office 365, but it's really not. Um, it's a part of Office 365 in the sense that they're basically treating it as, I don't want to call it a first-class citizen, but they are treating it um, as a almost near equal. So cool to see that uh, coming into fruition. Yeah, so, so this isn't so much about even the first-class citizen thing, right? Because it's been there a while. But it was very deliberate to go and activate Yammer on your network and, and kind of click the buttons and do the things that needed to be done. It's just there now. Or or re, or really merge an existing tenant over to your and kind of push it back into Office 365, right? Uh, but yeah, so uh, in the vein of it's just there now. So uh, basically, as of today, uh, or whenever they published this post, right, uh, earlier this week, uh, so... Any customers out there who had uh, fewer uh, than 150 licenses that include Yammer and had zero or one custom domains for Yammer, uh, whether you turned it on or not, it's on now, right? Uh, Basically, the new state is let's turn these things on by default and have them available and ready to go. So this is very similar to some of the other subservices that you can click on and off through, you know, your various SKUs. So uh, Sway is on by default, uh, you, you know, things like that. Uh, so, you know, 
now we're at the point where every Office 365 customer in their default state is going to have a Yammer network and it's going to be kicked up and sitting there and uh, ready to go. Isn't that fun? Dude, that just that makes me so excited because people are going to go in and use it and it's going to be useful and people are going to realize that they forgot to do organizational change management and they're going to cry because people will start using it as though it's Facebook. Excellent. What were you talking about? Uh, Yammer integration and how it is the cat's bananas. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, So did you read the section at the bottom there? Uh, about the Yammer now mobile app will be deprecated on March 4th, 2016. That's right. Your favorite toy is going away. I'm kind of sad. Mm, Nope. No more of that private message leakage stuff. Uh, Oh, so you want to hear a funny story? Yeah. So do you remember way back in the dark ages of Yammer when you used to be able to email files and notes? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so so Yammer has this feature when you go into the configuration and you turn it on, and it's called external sharing, right? Mm-hmm. And by default, external sharing is on in every single network, whether it's a new network, an old network, something like that. So it's a pretty premeditated thing to go ahead and turn that off, right? Yep. So was working through this issue with kind of trying to break some security boundaries on private groups and private notes. Uh, so let me walk you through two scenarios and you tell me if they make sense to you. Okay. So, uh, scenario one, you're in a private group and you are posting a message, which includes a link to a note or a file in that group, which is also private, right? Because it belongs to that group. And you know how Yammer has that little add people to notify thing. Yeah. Yeah. So if you add people to notify to that conversation, uh, typically what happens is they only get to see the conversation, not the file or the note. But if you add them the very first time that you author that update, uh, that person who is outside, say you're adding people to notify that are outside the group, right? Uh, Yammer actually breaks the security boundary and lets them see that file or note which is really kind of strange and weird and goes against all the Yammer docs. But say you want to share that private file or note from that same update later, like say you forgot to add somebody's name to that update. So you go ahead and share that conversation from one group to another, right? From one private group to a public group or from a private group to a private group, whatever it is. So if you go ahead and share that and you go ahead and share it over to another group, then people only see the conversation. They see a link to the note, but then they can't click it or a link to the file, uh, but then they can't actually click it because they get an access denied. So there's this one, you know, there's these two different streams to bring people into a conversation. And one of them fully breaks all the security boundaries of a private group and does all sorts of really weird wonky things. And it's really not that great because say you wanted to share that note from one private group to another group, well, you can't post an update to do groups at the same time, right? So you'd have to put a bunch of names on the CC line and and or that add people to notify line and things like that. So that's kind of janky and, and not great and uh, whatever. But I remembered that Yammer used to have this email file feature and I could not for the life of me remember when it went away or when it got taken out of tenants or things like that. 
So I went back and started reading the Yammer Admin Guide and the seven kajillion Yammer support articles that are out there that talk about the email a file functionality within Yammer, right? So uh, this is how you email a file or email a note or anything like that. So if you go into the Yammer, Yammer Admin Guide and you look up external sharing, it says when you turn that on, uh, what it's going to do is go ahead and email or enable the uh, email a file feature, right? So I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. That's the feature that I actually want. So uh, let me go ahead and uh, make sure that external sharing is on and, and that thing is available and it's ready to go. So I'm going through the network and I go into configuration and I look and sure enough, external sharing is on. And I'm sitting there going, well, uh, you know, maybe I need to turn it off and then turn it back on again, right? Like maybe there's a, a switch I need to flip or uh, something like that to see what's going on. So I, I flip it off and give it 24 hours and flip it on and actually give it 48 hours after flipping it back on because uh, you never know what's going on with Yammer, right? Like things can take a while to uh, pre-populate in on the back end and all these things. So wait, wait a couple days and, and see what's happening. And I'm still not seeing this email, a file thing, but I remember like this button actually used to be there on the right. And like I said, I just can't remember when they took it away. Uh, so I actually had to open up a, a service request for this and, and walk through on the back end with the, uh, support team at Microsoft and say like, Hey guys, is this just something that's broken in my tenant? Is this feature gone? It's listed in the documentation like 37,000 times, right? Here's how you email a file. Here's how you email a file to share a private note. And I, I would really love to have this functionality because it's exactly as described. It fits a business need and, and that would be awesome. So I open up the service request and the, uh, the, the nice little uh, service guy at Microsoft comes back and he says, uh, yeah, uh, we turned that off and I can't tell you the date we turned it off because I don't know. And, and this is the Yammer support team, right? And the answer back was it's gone and it's not going to come back and we don't know when it went away and we're closing your ticket. I was like, well, uh, okay. I understand that it's gone, but do you guys realize that it's in the Yammer admin guide and you have, you know, all these KB articles and everything else about it? And they said, uh, yeah, we, you know, we'll write that down as a note. And, <laughs> you know, I was on the phone with the service guy and I said, uh, you know, you guys published this article on the blog earlier this week that everybody should get ready for Yammer and they should go read the admin guide. I said, yeah. And I said, and you know, the very first page of the admin guide is dead flat wrong because it lists this feature that is actually in no Yammer tenants today. Yeah, I get that. Uh, okay. So you're going to go and fix all that documentation, right? No, but we're going to close your ticket. <laughs> Thanks guys. You're doing an epic job as always. Uh, so you lose Yammer now. And at some point in the past couple of years, I lost email a file and I didn't miss it until it was gone. Yeah, but I mean, it's one of those where they took that functionality away for just uh, you know going from SharePoint on-prem to SharePoint in the cloud, where you used to be able to email a document library, and they took that away, and they replaced it with a site mailbox, which sort of... No, I'm not talking about SharePoint. I'm talking about Yammer. I, I know. I'm just Yammer. saying it's a functionality that they took away because they put it inside their own data center and started crafting it the way they wanted to craft it for the cloud to give you the experience that is 
always working except when it doesn't follow the actual support guide. Yeah. Do you know how much it pisses me off when like the documents for Azure are so great and then I got to deal with this garbage from the Yammer group? Yeah. It's really, really frustrating and annoying. So uh, yeah, like I said, you lose some functionality. I lost some functionality. That's my rant for the week. Kind of annoying. So <clears throat> speaking of uh, Yammer though, apparently, uh, I guess it's a couple of weeks ago, Microsoft actually laid off 40 Yammer customer success managers. Oh, I thought they laid off more like 100 uh, or 80 or something like that. But yeah, they laid off uh, quite a few, um, which is just interesting. I mean, I don't know if that's just the whole talent acquisition thing where after a couple of years they say, okay, thanks. We've taken all the knowledge and we've taken your product and changed it enough that we no longer need your services. But mm, yeah. Ooh, yeah. So, so I did see this article, but it was on CMS wire and I refuse to link to CMS wire for anything. So therefore it does not exist. So we can move on. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, really? You like some of the drivel they put up there? No, I just, you know, occasionally I'll go take a peek. Um, primarily it was more the, no, that's like saying you read business insider and actually believe the stuff they put up there. Come on. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. you got to move on. So the IT Pro Network, I guess, is where it was within Yammer that uh, documented some of it. But then again, anybody can post anything up on the IT Pro Network, so it could potentially just be... Yeah, they can post anything they want, but they can't, sure as I can't, email a file. True. Uh, Let's see, what else, what else? Uh, There was some other new stuff, right? So... Uh, did you see the new Azure government stuff that went live? We had did, in did Gov, ever. in GovCloud, we have ASR and Azure Backup now. Yeah, man, just think about it. Next thing you know, we're going to have uh, the whole kit and caboodle. <laughs> Slowly but surely, uh, you know, one day you'll even have ARM. Uh, neither here nor there. Uh, well, you can run that on-prem yourself with Azure Stack, so it really doesn't matter anymore, does it? Nope. Don't need no cloud. I got my own stuff. <laughs> oh, oh! I might have jumped the gun on the Yammer thing too. While we're talking about new stuff, uh, did you see the thing about uh, creating and managing external groups in Yammer? Creating and managing external groups in Yammer. Uh, you know, I saw it right now. Um, That's nifty, right? Just because it's right there. So, you want me to explain this to you? Uh, you should explain it to Tim Farrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, basically, uh, you know, in the vein of having really awesome support documentation, uh, Yammer has this new feature, uh, that is currently on the office roadmap as in development. Uh, so I don't know, maybe you can tell me how many times you've seen features that are in development on the roadmap that are actually already there. Well, no. So I I haven't seen this lit up in any tenants and I've I've been firing up some new ones and things just to see if I can kick it off and I I can't quite get it there. But uh, how many features do you know that are in development that have all the product documentation live on office support and like written out with screenshots and ready to go? I don't actually know of too much where they do that. None. (laughs) Yeah, none. Right. So yeah, when I said can't think of too much, it's, it's really none. So this is interesting. So it's an in-development feature that has full documentation on Office support. And really what they're talking about doing is rather than having external networks and these external silos for things, now there's going to be 
two types of groups. So when you bring up the group creation dialog and it says create an internal group or create an external network, it's going to be create an internal group or create an external group. So rather than mixing kind of like multiple networks together, everything's going to be gelled into one network. And by having an external group, that means that you can have a group which you can add external participants to as members. Uh, and then all the security controls and things that come around that. Uh, but, you know, as always, I love, 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 love the Yammer team and how they come up with this functionality and, and all their weird telemetry and stuff. So uh, you, you might come up with the question, well, you know, I really don't want to have Yammer gr uh, external groups in my network because, uh, you know, that, that wouldn't be cool. Uh, so the first thing is only Yammer enterprise networks are going to be able to opt out of external groups for this mystical, magical in development thing that doesn't exist, but has support documentation written out for it. Uh, but really, so the recommended way, if you if you read through this article that we have linked in the show notes, uh, it talks about, you know, the, the question is, I don't want to I don't want external groups enabled for my network. What options do I have to disable it? Uh, so. Uh, your first option, and you know, of course, this is the best option that Yammer can come up with, is use Exchange Transport rules because, of course, Yammer sends all its emails through Exchange Online. So let's just create an ex a transport rule over there and black hole all the emails. Great idea, right? Yep. <laughs> or you know, rather than just giving us a button to say, uh, let's shut this stuff off and and you know, make it like an actual admin feature. No, let's just have uh, you know an ETR and and call it the end of the day. I thought that was pretty cool. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Don't don't read that article because your head's gonna hurt. So, uh, of course, we always put the show notes at uh, brewery.fm. Uh, and I believe these will go to pub.brewery.fm slash brewery036, as in I am 36 and getting old. Almost. Yes, you are. Um, so one of the articles that links off there has actually been out for a while. Um, the groups piece, not necessarily. That's definitely interesting. But the external messaging participants in your Yammer conversations, uh, have you ever dealt with that? Yep. Yep. So, so that has been around as well. And that's all janky, right? Because you got to go and export your data and do all those things. Uh, so, so that part's been out for a while, but this, uh, external groups thing has not been because this is all just, yeah. Like I said, if you go to the roadmap and look on the roadmap, it's clearly listed as in development. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just saying that the, uh, the external like users coming into your network that don't have an account and whatnot, uh, that's that, yeah, that one scared the crap out of me just from like a security perspective. Cause that's like, uh, here's this random person. I'm just going to invite them into my corporate network. <laughs> uh, well, if you had been using exchange transport rules, they never would have gotten the invite. Well, I, I don't disagree. However, it's just, it's still ridiculous that granted you and I might be the only two people in the world that know you can use exchange transport rules to control all your re outbound emails from Yammer. And Tim Farrow and maybe John Bechtel now. <laughs> maybe one or two. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, hmm. yeah. All right. 
so let's see. Uh, I'm going to look at my broken thing here. And uh, yeah, so we spent quite a bit of time on, on some news and stuff. You want to answer some questions and, and this will kind of maybe take us through? Yeah, so uh, we got this question came in from John Bachtool. Um, uh, he is at Junior Mint on Twitter. Uh, you can follow him. He's a good guy. He lives up here in the DC metro area. Anyway, uh, his question was about SharePoint twenty three work <coughs> twenty thirteen workflow manager and the advantages and disadvantages. Like, what are they? Um, as well as whether or not we should invest in the time to set up and migrate or recode SharePoint 2010 workflows into SharePoint 2013. And third part of the question, how can devs leverage the SharePoint 2013 workflow manager? So uh, I'm going to take these a little bit out of order. Uh, the first piece is, should we invest the time to set up and migrate or recode the SharePoint 2010 workflows into 2013? Uh, my personal opinion, no, you should not. They work perfectly fine in 2010. And guess what? SharePoint 2013 runs SharePoint 2010 workflows natively. Um, in fact, uh, I guess getting at the heart of it, you do have to set up a separate, uh, set of binaries to get 2013 workflow manager working a uh, little history lesson, um, back long, long time ago. Uh, if you look back in the initial documentation that came out with, I guess the the bits they put out on the internet that confused everybody because they said, what is this? What is going on? I'm downloading part of Azure into my data center. Uh, yeah. So there was a component called Azure workflow manager that you got to install as your SharePoint. Um, so it's effectively the same workflow manager that sits up in the cloud, uh, a little bit different, but, um, it is a, a version of it that is installed, uh, not during the actual installation of SharePoint, but while you are going through and doing a post installation. So <clears throat> yeah, um, it does require a little bit extra work. If you want redundancy, you end up getting to set up three boxes. Uh, if you have a security person sitting on your shoulder, you basically get to do a lot of extra work to kind of alleviate their fears and show them, yep, this uh, port, uh, I guess it's what, 9,000 series ports. Um, yep, you're going to see traffic up in that range and that's, the workflow manager talking amongst itself to its different nodes. So yeah. Um, but you know, I would say unless you have a very pertinent reason where you say, Oh look, this functionality that is available in 2013, uh, that's not available in 2010. Yes. Then perhaps recode. But otherwise, I mean, if you've already got 2010 workflows working and you've invested all this time, uh, and resource, just let them run. Mm. Well, uh, so I think you kind of glossed over something there that's probably important to make sure that the distinction is fully out there and ready to go, right? So really, we're talking about two different workflow platform or workflow, yeah, workflow platforms, right? Yep. Um, and we have that 2010 style workflow, which is really just ASP.NET workflow. So it's the workflow uh, framework that's built into uh, .NET, and it's been around for you know years and years and years. So even back in uh, you know SharePoint 2007, that was uh, .NET workflow, uh, you know, with the superset of SharePoint functionality on top of it. And 2010 workflow was exactly the same uh, .NET workflow again with that superset of functionality. And 2013 workflow. The reason we can do 2010 and 2013 workflows. 
uh, you know, against the same farm is because really we're talking about two different products, right? So we've got the legacy or the built-in .NET workflows, and then we have this other Azure uh, workflow manager platform, right? Uh, which is going to uh, install, like you said, with separate binaries. It's going to be off to the side. It'd really be the equivalent of saying, uh, we're going to go to like a K2 and uh, run like Black Pearl or something like that, right? It, it's it's its own distinct product stack and it sits on the side. Uh, you know, there was somebody else, uh, I think it was uh, Joanne Klein on, on Twitter uh, this week was asking a question around, uh, workflow manager and HA and, 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 you know, should I install it on my SharePoint servers and what's going on? And, uh, you know, I saw our question like in the SP help hashtag and it was like, well, um, so workflow manager is a separate product, right? It, it installs and it's patched independently of SharePoint. So if you think about it like that, sometimes it makes sense just to split it out, especially if you have an environment where, uh, you have the licensing and the hardware and the things to make that happen, right? Like workflow manager is not very hardware heavy or anything like that. And it does have some distinct requirements when we look at it as just a standalone product, because that's what it is, right? Uh, you know, you mentioned HA. So to achieve HA with workflow manager, we actually need to have three servers. And that's because of Azure service bus, which backs the Azure workflow manager. So you know, all of a sudden you're talking about like, if I want to do that in a SharePoint farm and I have a traditional three tier farm with, you know, two servers in each tier, if I wanted to get HA and workflow manager, I'd have to like eat up two of my app servers and then one of my web servers. And I've really like mixed and matched and, and kind of broken the model. So it's not that workflow manager is really resource heavy or anything like that, but you know, sometimes it makes sense to um, have it live on its own. And, and, uh, I, th I think it was like Trevor Seward hopped in the conversation. It's like, you know, uh, you know, there's never a reason that you would really want to have it on your own because it's not, you know, resource heavier, things like that. And, uh, you know, I think a valid reason to have it on its own is because it's a separate product. It's patched independently. And sometimes your SharePoint farm just isn't big enough to give you the features that you want. Right. I can have HA and redundancy across my SharePoint farm across multiple tiers. And all of a sudden I break that model just because I say I want HR and uh, HA and uh, workflow manager or something like that. So uh, it, it really is this uh, independent product and, and sits in its own space and um, can't stress that enough, right? That SharePoint 2010 style workflows are really just .NET workflows, uh, you know, hooked into the SharePoint APIs and, and you know, they have those uh, managed DLLs and everything so that we can get at them and program against them. And 2013 workflow is its own set of APIs and things that are going on again that are bound into SharePoint in a couple different ways, uh, but for the most part, totally independent product. So my favorite piece of that is when it comes to patching and you say, okay, we've got to patch our SharePoint farm. And then you go, oh, we got to patch service bus and we have to patch uh, workflow manager. Mm. Yep. Uh, you know, it's, uh, we run into that with patching a bunch of different components, right? So uh, like DCS uh, patched independently of SharePoint, right? We've got to bring that up to different CUs and things like that. So really it depends on, you know, what's the, uh, what's the infrastructure and kit that you have sitting in front of you and um, does it make sense based on your requirements to split these services out and have them live in different places and, and do different things. So uh, you know, you know, it can, it can kind of go all over the place. So, you know, you know, I think as long as everybody realizes it's, uh, 2010 versus 2013, really we're talking two competing platforms 
that each have their own sets of functionalities, right? So when we talk about like advantages and disadvantages, uh, you know, the, the pros of the 2010 workflow style are it's just there. It's it's ASP.NET workflow and, or really .NET workflow and it's ready to go. Uh, I don't have to do anything special in my farm because everything in SharePoint's already running on top of .NET. So that, that's really nice and I can turn it on. And, uh, you, you know, once I need to break outside of that model, then I have this other platform where I can go above and beyond and have, uh, you know, a little bit more going on. So declarative style workflows, workflows that run outside and independently of SharePoint, right? So uh, kind of often, often the ether. So I can basically send a job out to another server, uh, like a batch request, and then SharePoint checks in and Workflow Manager kind of handles the queuing and, and everything that goes into that. It's pretty sweet, man. Yeah, I, I feel like I just confused myself. <laughs> you probably did, but in... Yeah, I'm just going to leave it as, as far as I know, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, I know we, we, we talked about this a little bit last week. Um, what do you think about your roost? My roost. Yeah. Uh, oh, I love my new roost. You don't like your roost? Did you get your roost? Uh, I finally got my roost. I only got one of them. I was kind of a little bummed about that. I thought they were going to send me two because they sent me the notification that I needed to update my address after I actually received it. But Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was getting those for a while as well. So, uh, you know, stuff, stuff happens. It's, it's very nifty. It's the, the, the a new lot one is more nice. adjustable, man. Plus the fact that it, it actually weighs less than the first one. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's a very nice thing. I don't know. Can you actually, uh, can you buy them now if you didn't get them through the Kickstarter? Or is it just like a pre-order kind of thing? Uh, you know, I think, uh, I think you can get them. Um, I think it's something like getroost.com. No, therooststand.com. I'm looking it up for you real time here. So if you go to getroost.com, uh, it is the little uh, rechargeable Wi-Fi enabled batteries that you can put into your fire alarms. Yes, no, that is not the Roost. You want the Roost laptop stand. I don't even know what the, what the heck are those. Uh, any, anyway, uh, yes, uh, you digress, but... Uh, the Roost laptop stand is really cool. So if anybody, you know, if they wanted to pre-order one just to uh, have them running around, uh, they're, they're really a great thing to have. Fit in your laptop bag and uh, raise your laptop up. And, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I always have a, I have a little uh, Logitech K810 keyboard. Uh, it's it's the Mac one, but it pairs to three devices and it has like the iOS home buttons and everything on like that on it. And it's nice and small and nifty. So I always carry that around in my bag. So it's really nice just to be able to prop the laptop up and have it kind of sitting at neck level so you're not hunched over and your posture's a little bit better. And then you just pull your keyboard and mouse out and you're off to the races. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't carry an extra keyboard around with me. So I don't consider this an extra keyboard because so I carry my laptop and my iPad around pretty much all the time. Mm -hmm. So this one keyboard, because it pairs to three devices just on a button, uh, I'm usually carrying it around anyway for the iPad. So it's kind of an added benefit that it also hooks up to the laptop. And, you know, you just hit a button on the keyboard and flip-flop back and forth between the two. 
and it's nice and compact and ready to go and it charges via USB and has a little lithium ion battery that lasts for, Ooh, you know, like a month, month and a half, something like that, which is, and that's using it every single day, eight hours a day. So, uh, it's a really great little device. Hmm. May have to, uh, start carrying that in my bag again. Um, the other thing that, uh, you inspired me to do is to actually go get some of the cocoon grits. Uh, so I've got two little grits that I carry in my bag now, um, stocked with all my little accoutrements, if that's a word, accoutrements, I don't know. I'll learn English at some point. Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, another handy little deal. Um, so next week I think we will talk about the other roost though, because it's also got an interesting sorted past that is similar in nature to the lovely roost stand. I do not even know what that other roost is. So, uh, really? you know, yeah, maybe you buy a couple and take some pictures, shoot some video and let us know what it's all about. Okay. We'll do. Yep. Sounds, uh, yeah. I'd like to say I'm looking forward to it, but I really have no idea what you're going to talk about. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. Sounds good. All right. Bye, Dan. Bye.